Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Nothing in this world will satisfy. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Your presence is
worship you, Lord God. We just honor you for who you are tonight, Lord, and every day of our lives. Lord God, we lift you up, and we know that when we lift you up, all will be drawn to you, Lord God. We glorify you. We magnify you. We lift you up, Lord God. We worship you for who you are, Lord God. We worship you tonight in spirit and in truth, Lord God, holding nothing back from you because, Lord, you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be worshiped, Lord God. We adore you, Lord. We adore you. We honor you. We worship you in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place tonight. Have your way in our hearts tonight. Have your way here tonight. Sometimes it's okay just to sing a new song to the Lord, amen. Just whatever comes up out of your spirit, just worship him if it's just O's. Sometimes it's just a, the spirit groans within us and we just utter things that don't even, you know, have words. But the spirit knows. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. We need more of you, Lord. We need more of you. Lord, help us to know that we need more of you. We need more of you, Lord. More time with you, Lord. More time with you, Lord. 
He says it's there. The time is there. We choose what we do with our time. Lord God, that we would choose you. That we would choose you, Lord. This world is filled with many distractions, many cares, many things that would try to steal your time. But when you say, I'm going to put God first, I'm going to put him in his place, in the right place in my life first, that's when everything else lines up. That's when more time is even created. God makes a a creative uh, path for you to get everything accomplished, to walk out all your dreams, to walk out the plans and purpose that he has made you for. He's made you for such a time as this. And we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss what he's made us for because we're so busy with this or with that. Lord God, help us to to recognize and to understand that when we seek you first, Lord God, that's when everything else can just be added. We don't just add you in at the last minute, Lord God. We want more of you, more time with you, Lord God. Y'all go ahead and sing that just a little bit longer. It's okay. We're going to just be right here for a little bit. We want more of you. What you were singing there at the end. We want more of you. Want more of you. Come on, everybody, sing. We want more of you. We need more. We want more of you. We want more of you. We want more of you. We need more. Jesus, we want more. We want more time with you, Lord God. We want presence we want more of you we need more how about we do that we want more of you we want more of you we want more of you we need more like that we want more of you
in this place tonight, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you have everything that we need. Lord God, every uh, emotional hole, Lord God, you can fill. We just need to turn to you, Lord God. We just need to turn to you. We just thank you, Father God, that every everything that, uh, that cries out within us, Lord God, is crying out for you. We won't be satisfied without you, Lord God. We just thank you, Father, that our satisfaction comes only from you. Only from you, Lord God. That this life that you've given us, this life that you've blessed us with, Lord God, is is a happy life. Lord God, a good life. And we just thank you, Lord, that we receive it as such, Lord God. We'll not get bogged down by negative thoughts of how bad things are, but we'll trust you and press into you. And listen for your still small voice so that we can walk this out, Lord God, and get to the other side. Lord God, the instruction was to get to the other side, not get distracted by the storm. We thank you, Lord God, that we'll listen for the, for the still small voice, Lord God. And not let distraction take us. We just worship you, Lord God. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. You just have your way in us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, God is just so good, amen. When he gave me this message, I just loved it. It's called Promoted, Not Punished. Are we ready to go? All right. God's desire is always to promote us, not to punish us. And I think we need to really, we've been doing a good study lately on the character of God, and it's really important for us to know who he is and how he operates so that we can trust him and live our life of faith. Um, we, li- we live in a fallen world, and we have opportunities every day to blow it. Do we not? Every day. <laughs> God knows this, and he has made a way of escape for us from all temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 in the NIV says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind or common to you. Um, And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will always, always, always give you an escape route. Okay? An escape hatch, an escape route, an escape way, you know? But we've got to hear it. We've got to listen for it, and we've got to take it. It's our choice. God in his mercy will always provide for you a way of escape when you are tempted. Remember, his plan for you is for good. Remember we've been talking about Jeremiah 29, 11? Uh, His plan for you is for good and to see you succeed, not to fail, to give you a future and a hope and an expected good outcome. When we face a temptation, we need to understand that he is there for us, guiding us towards success. His Holy Spirit is there for us, uh, on the inside of us, guiding us towards success. He will not allow the temptation to be so strong that we cannot endure it, which means we will always have the choice to say no. And when I'm talking about temptation, I'm not just talking about temptation for bad, evil, you know, sin things. Uh, I'm talking about temptation to doubt, temptation to fear, uh, temptation to uh, think the wrong things. 
All of these temptations are, are things that, you know, God is giving us a way out from. And we have the right, the, we have the ability and the power and the strength by the Holy Spirit to choose the escape hatch, okay? We have the ability to get out of there. That word of God says to bring every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. And so whenever we have these things come up within us, this fear, doubt, unbelief, anger, whatever it is, uh, t- and then real temptation as well, you know, temptation to be ugly. You know, I'm, I'm so, sometimes I'm so impatient. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand bad customer service at all. <laughs> just, I just don't get that. It just, you know, really gets on my nerves. And so I have to really, I have to really put myself in check continuously because I just don't, I, I don't get it. And so I, I have to uh, take that escape hatch probably at least once a day. You know, I have to say, okay, I'm going to be patient. And you know what? Sometimes just to kill my flesh a little more, I'll just, you know what, drag it out myself. I will just be super nice and just be as kind as I can and helpful and just go the extra mile myself when I'm feeling frustrated and do it with sincerity so that I can just push that flesh back down. Does that make any sense? If it's going to try to threaten me, I'm going to threaten it. It's going to have to go. You know, I'm going to say, you know what, you're not, you're not controlling me. You're not controlling me, you know? So I'm saying yes to God, amen? Uh, we will not be powerless because God gives us the strength by his spirit to succeed. Our way of escape is shown to us by his spirit. And even if we fail and don't take the escape route, he is there to forgive us and give us the power and strength to try again next time. Amen, to try again next time. First uh, John 1, 9, and I've got it here in the Amplified Classic, which is one of my favorite translations. It says, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, sometimes we act lawless, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which is everything not in conformity to his will and purpose, thought, and action. Wow. And then here it is in the King James, which is how you probably know it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I, I like, if we'll go back up to the Amplified, I like that because it says, you know, that if we freely admit, because sometimes we grudgingly admit, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, God, you know, I know that I was wrong, and oh, I know I'm supposed to say sorry, or, I, you know, God, you know, and the Word of God here is saying if we freely, we need to freely admit that we have sinned, that's when we can really be cleansed from it. That's when we can, we can really be promoted, amen, past that point. Um, and he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our law. He will dismiss it. Like, like, have you ever had a ticket dismissed? Hmm, how awesome is that? Not on your record? Some of us have had to take the class to make sure that that happens. <laughs> you know, but how amazing is it that it's just gone? It doesn't, it doesn't uh, go anywhere on your, your insurance or, you know, it doesn't, you don't get knocked. Of course, you had to, you know, you had to pay because sometimes sin does have consequences and we end up having to pay some things, you know. Uh, but God will dismiss uh, our lawlessness and continuously cleanse us. That means there's an ongoing thing. Why would he need to continuously cleanse us? Because you're going to have that battle again, aren't you? You're going to have that thing arise. Even though you, if you, you know, you sinned, 
The thing's going to come back around. And when it does, you're going to be able to know that you're forgiven, and then you'll have the strength uh, to stay cleansed from that unrighteousness if you will just choose the escape hatch this time. Okay? Uh, Micah 7, 8 in the Amplified Classic says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. So God has not only made a way of escape for us, but he has made a way of recovery and restoration. Um, God will help pick you up out of that darkness. Amen? His unfailing love can be trusted because it has been tested time and again, and he will not fail us. We need to remember that he is a loving God and is slow to anger and rich in love for us. Amen? I think a lot of times when we have the wrong thoughts about um, God's character, uh, like Ms. Geneva was talking about, we need to know that he has everything that we need. He's not out trying to borrow money from anybody, you know, to get you something what you need. He's got everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and then some, you know, everything. He owns it all. And so he's not out begging and borrowing for you. He has everything that you need, and he is slow to anger and rich in love for you. Psalms 145.8 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Do you know that his mercy is his loyalty to us in action? God's mercy, he's so loyal. He's so loyal to you. You know, have you ever been betrayed? <laughs> Anybody, you know, don't raise your hand. We probably all have at one point or another. But God is not going to betray you. He is loyal to you. He is loyal to you. And every time that he shows you mercy, every time that he shows you compassion, that is his loyalty in action. He is moving on your behalf to show you how much he loves you and how much he cares for you and how rich in love he is for, for you. Listen to this. God is not looking for you to mess up. He is in faith for you to succeed. He is not focused on what you're doing wrong. He is focused on what you're doing right. Why do we get so focused on what we've done wrong? Sometimes we get so focused on, on the negative that we can't see beyond it. And so God is wanting us to succeed and get beyond this and get promoted, and we think we just need to be punished. Maybe we grew up in a certain household or whatever that, you know, was big into punishment, and I know mine was, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that we think, think that's how things go. But God is not trying to punish us. He wants to correct us in love through the word and show us the right way. But he's not trying to beat us down and, and push us down every time that we make a mistake. That's not God's character. So we've been doing a study on God's character. And it's important, again, I say, for us to know his character so that we can understand who he is, so that we can trust him, and so that our life can be a life of faith. I think these little things kind of spoil our walk sometimes because we don't even realize we're doing it. We're thinking, oh, you know, i got to feel bad about this a long time before I can get over it. And God is not trying to punish you like that. He wants you to say, okay, you know what, be quick to repent. Just be quick to repent and say, you know what, I blew it that time, but I, God, I'm sorry. I believe that I will not blow it again, you know. And you don't have to feel bad about yourself, and we're going to get into that in a minute. And how that actually damages your faith when you, when you feel condemned, okay? God, uh, he is focused on what you are doing right. We need to see ourselves more like he sees us through eyes of faith. When we do this, we can believe that we can do better instead of focusing on our shortcomings. This will build our faith and, and uh, this builds our faith and momentum to succeed, okay? When we focus on what we know we can be, what we know we can do, not focus on what we know we haven't done or, or how 
how off we've been or, you know, um, just all the negative. But when we focus on the positive, it actually builds our faith and causes a momentum and a, and a movement uh, towards the success. Amen? And whenever we focus on the shortcomings, that actually pulls you back from your momentum. You know, when things are going in motion, they stay in motion. You don't want them to go in motion this way, you know? You want them to go in motion forward. God takes great pleasure in giving you the kingdom. Amen? All we need to do is seek his kingdom first and all else is added. Matthew 6.33. He wants us to feel comfortable entering into his presence. And we need to know him well enough that we are not ashamed to call him father and to rest in his presence. We need to be able to come to him and truly just get our rest like we talked about with the Psalms 23 and how he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies and how whatever's going on around us, we've talked about this twice now, whatever's going around us, uh, the war and all the turmoil that's going on around us has to just stop. Like those time movies when everything is like stopped, you know, and everything, and then other people that are moving it and everything is just stopped. That's what has, has to happen if you will just sit in his presence and allow him to restore you and to repair you and to give you strength, nourishment, and all that you need so that you can go again. Amen? We've got to do that. It's important. He wants us to feel comfortable uh, entering his presence, and we need to know him so well that we are not ashamed to call him Father and to rest in his presence. If we are always at unrest because of the poor opinion we have of ourselves, we cannot receive by faith that all that he has for us. If you have a poor opinion of yourself, it's hard for you to walk in faith about yourself. You might have faith for other people or faith for finances or faith for, you know, whatever, but what about for growth in yourself? If you have such a poor opinion about yourself and you're always against yourself, then it's hard to get beyond that. And so God wants you to have a good opinion about yourself because he does. You know, he calls us all good things. The head, not the tail, above, not beneath, more than a conqueror, uh, chosen uh, generation, a royal priesthood, uh, you know, more than conquerors. Um, he gives us all these wonderful names, Ch a child of mine. That's the best one. That's the best one. I love that one. You know, so we need to, we need to think that we are awesome. Not in a, like a haughty way or, you know, prideful way, but we need to say, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry for all the people that don't know God because that's too bad for them. I'll pray for them, but I know God. I'm his daughter. I'm his son, whatever, and you got to feel good about that. And you got to know who you are and know whose you are so that you can walk in faith and you can get beyond you. See, that's the best thing God saved me from is me. You know, that's the best thing he saved me from because I was something else. And it's every once in a while, I'm still a little something else. But uh, he saved me from me. Amen? <laughs> That's, that was a big job. <laughs> that took a lot of the Jesus' blood right there to, <laughs> to, to wash all that away. But um, if we are always at unrest because of the poor opinion that we have of ourselves, we cannot receive by faith all that he has for us. You know that uh, James, I think, is 122, says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He won't, don't let him think he's going to receive anything from God. Um, if you are thinking bad of yourself, then thinking okay of yourself, then thinking bad of yourself, then thinking okay of yourself, then you're kind of unstable in your thought process. And God wants you to get beyond that and get promoted out of that negative thinking so that you can be in faith over you. 
over you. Like, I know that there's things that we don't, you know, I don't like, I, I don't like that I'm not as disciplined as I need to be with exercise. I mean, I could just, I could give you, we could just go with the whole list of things that I don't like about myself. But I don't dwell on those. I don't, I don't fall into that trap anymore. Uh, because I have faith that I will get beyond that, and I see myself running every day. I see myself. I see it by faith, and I will get there. But if I if I concentrate on the fact that I haven't done it this week, and I just won't do it ever, because I'll be so bogged down in that negative opinion of myself and all my shortcomings that I won't look beyond that. We need to look beyond that and have faith for ourselves to be better. Amen. First uh, John three eighteen through twenty four. I put it in the message and then also in the ESV, which is the English Standard Version. It says, "My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we know we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality." Wow, that would preach. I want to do a message on the living in God's reality. Man, what reality show are you living? Okay, it's always it's also the way to shut down dehabilitating self criticism even when there is something to it. See, they're not even denied that there may be something to it. Okay, Miss Rita, you do need to be running every day. Yeah, that's true. But listen, God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. And friends, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, we're bold and free before God. We're able to stretch our, our, our hands out and receive what we ask for because we're doing what he said, doing what pleases him. And again, this is God's command to believe in his personally named son, Jesus Christ. He told us to love each other in line with the original command. And as we keep his commands, we live deeply and surely in him and he lives in us. And this is how we experience his deep and abiding presence in us by the spirit he gave us. Okay. Now I'm going to read that scripture again, not in the message, but in the ESV. Um, because I want you to understand what happens when your heart condemns you, okay? It's important for you to know that it's not good, okay? For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. It's when we, when we just think of so negative about ourselves and, you know, we missed it and we missed it and we haven't taken care of that and we haven't gone to God and said sorry and help and, and uh, you know, we're just thinking all this negative stuff that our heart gets in a place to where we're ashamed before God. And when we're ashamed before God, we can't receive all that he has for us because you have to receive it by faith. And if your heart is condemned, it's hard for you to receive anything by faith. So you got to get that stinking thinking out of there. you got to get that, that, that opinion. You know, and maybe this isn't for you, but it's for somebody that you know and you can help. Amen? But you got to get that stinking thinking, that, that bad opinion of yourself out. It's got to go. And it's just, you know, it's, it's like a false humility. You know what that is? When something whispers to you to try to, you know, say, oh, you know, uh, it makes you, like, have a false humility. Like, well, it's good for me to be a little bad, you know, because, you know, not everybody is good anyways. That's just false. That's just false. You're awesome. You're amazing. You know what? You can do it. You can do it. Whatever you set your mind to do, you can do it. Okay? You don't have to think, uh, you know, these negative thoughts at all, at all. You don't need to, to think like that. We need to be able to receive from God, but when our heart condemns us, it blocks the reception from happening. We need to believe that God understands and is patient. 
That's another thing. Even though we're still making some mistakes as we're going through this, and we're, you know, doing what's right and sometimes not doing what's right, we need to understand God's character, that he understands and he is patient. He is patient with us. Praise God he's patient with us. He's a lot more patient than we are with our own kids, you know, and with the store clerk and with the waiter and with the, you know, person in traffic and with the person at the bank. And, you know, he's so much more patient. And at the same time, though, we need to make sure that we create an urgency within ourselves to do better. Not because we want things from God, but because we desire to live for him out of love for him. We love because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. He is a good, good father. You know, when the prodigal son came home, he was lavishly loved and received. Y'all know the story of the prodigal son. He wanted his inheritance early. He took it out. He, got, he wasted it all, ended up slopping with the pigs, and the pigs were eating better than him. And he's like, you know what? I'm coming to my senses. I can go home and be a servant in my father's kingdom, and I'll at least get to be eat, I'll get to you know, be fed. And so as he was going, the father saw him and ran to him and welcomed him back in. And he said, God, I'm sorry. I've sinned against you and with, against God. And, you know, I, can I just work for you? And he's like, no. Uh, and he put, you don't know you're not going to work for me. You're going to, you're my son. And he lavished on him the sonship yet once again. So when the prodigal son came home, he was lavishly loved and received. He was through with his wayward ways. And he wasn't punished, but he was promoted for coming to his senses. God wants to promote, and he's looking for any avenue to promote you. He is looking for any way that he can to uh, cause you to succeed and to push you over so that you're not stuck back here. Uh, he wants to push you forward. Amen? And he's wanting to help you. Um, this is like a type and shadow of the love of God for us. This, uh, the, the, of course, the, the prodigal son, right? Uh, so God made a way for us through his son, Jesus. When God wrote out laws with his finger on tablets of stone, you know, when God wrote the tablets of stone for Moses and says, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, he wrote them with his own finger into that stone, all the while knowing that there was a time coming when Jesus was going to write with his finger in the sand, but he was going to write mercy for the accusers to be dismissed. Remember when the woman was caught in the, in the uh, act of adultery? I believe it's in John, uh, 1 John 8, 1 through 11. Uh, she was caught in the, in the act of adultery, and then they all came around. All her accusers were around, and he stooped down, and with his finger he wrote in the sand, and all the accusers left. So when God was writing out law with his finger, he knew Jesus was going to write out mercy with his finger in the sand. And even though our hearts have been like stones, amen, we were made out of the dust and the dirt of the earth. And so, do y'all get that? God, God knew there had to be a law. There had to be rules. There had to be a set thing so that we could know right from wrong. But he also knew that Jesus was coming to bring that mercy and to write in the sand so that all of our accusers could be dismissed. And so when the enemy comes to whisper and say negative things to you, he's the accuser. And the mercy of God dismisses him. But we have to turn to that still small voice. And we have to make sure that we don't follow after the accuser, but we follow after the voice of the Lord. Amen? And I think sometimes we, we just 
you know, I wanted to say we just get in bed with the enemy by listening to his lies and his deceptions about us. And uh, we end up off in a place that we didn't, we didn't even ever, God never intended for us to go. Feeling bad, feeling negative about ourselves, feeling condemned, not living a life of faith because, you know, going through the motions of living a life of faith because we feel so bad about whatever. And that's not God's plan for us. He has called us to live a life of victory continuously. Amen? But we need to listen to the right voice. Um, so God made a way for us through his son Jesus. When God wrote out our laws with his finger on tablets of stone, he knew there would be a day when, coming when Jesus would use his finger to write out mercy for us in the sand. I just love that. And although we once had hearts of stone, God's unfailing love and goodness brought us to him so that we, being made out of that same dirt or sand, could receive that grace and forgiveness that he paid dearly to make available to us. Amen? How could we not understand that he desires only good for us? How can we not understand that? Romans 8.31, God wants only good for us. Amen? He desires only for us to grow and receive promotion from our past. He never intended to punish us. Hell wasn't even created for people. Did you know that? Hell was created for the enemy and his forces. But when, when people don't choose God, where are they going to go? You know? Think about that. We need to remember to have that son mentality, not the slave mentality. We talked about that last time. No matter what we have done, our past mistakes or our failings don't determine our status with God. Our faith does. If somebody will get a hold of that, you'll get freedom right there. Okay? I'm going to say it again. No matter what we've done, what our past mistakes or our failings are, they do not determine our status to God. Our faith does that. That's not who you are. It may be where you're from, like we said last time, but it's not who you are. Okay? What we believe is what matters to him. That's why it's so important for you to believe, like he does, that you are an overcomer, that you're victorious, that you're more than a conqueror, that you can do all things, and that you can do them well. God believes in you getting to the other side of whatever you are going through. Pastor Tori and I were talking. He was here uh, just a little while uh, this is, like I said, his real busy season, so he's off, like, usually a week at a time. Um, and sometimes it's a couple of days and back in a couple of days. But, uh, but we were just talking because we just love to talk about the things of God. And we're talking about how um, when Jesus went to sleep on the boat, it's in Mark 4, 35 through 41. And his last instruction, and I had prayed about this earlier. Uh, I don't know if you were in here in prayer, but you heard me. Uh, if you were... God, Jesus' instruction was for them to go to the other side of the lake, to the other side, right? That was the instruction. And then he laid his head down and he took a nap. Well, in the midst of the, of the, the lake, in the middle of the lake, there came a big storm, right? And they woke him up. They're like, don't you care that we're going to perish? But what was the instruction? The instruction was to go to the other side, right? Let me read this to you, what I wrote here. A storm came, and the disciples were afraid, so they woke him, and he calmed the storm. If they would have just thought it through, they would have known that he never would have sent them to the other side if he had not made provision for them to get there. Their instruction was forgotten because the storm took their focus. What's taking your focus? The word of God that says to go through it, to go to the other side, to, you know, to walk this out, to get to the other side? That's where our focus needs to be. But our focus is so often on the 
turmoil or on the storm or on the circumstances or on what's going on around us that it's hard for us to see. And we're waking Jesus up going, help, help, help. And he's like, oh, ye of little faith. Okay? So their lack of faith in the midst of adversity was stealing their peace, not the storm. So it was their lack of faith that was stealing their peace. It wasn't the storm. The storm was just going to happen. Jesus just woke up and rebuked it, and it calmed, and they went to the other side, okay? So, so what, was, what was keeping their peace away was their focus was on the circumstances. Their focus, was on what was, their focus wasn't on the instruction, which was go to the other side. I believe that if they had faith, they could not only have spoken to the storm, but they could have just said, you know what, we don't need to worry because Jesus said we're going to the other side. I mean, now, I don't want to be judgmental because if I was in the same boat, I probably would have done the same thing. Wake up, Jesus, you got the power, you know. But today we have the power and we can speak to the storm and we can speak to the circumstances and we can trust God and we can say we're going to the other side of this situation. Where I see us out. I see us debt-free. I see us a full church. Amen. I see people uh, serving God here and, and there's every need met. You know, we're going to the other side. We're not going to be distracted by any circumstances, you know. Whatever situation you're in, that was just a little example, but just whatever it is, you see the other side and, uh, and, and focus on that and focus on what God has spoken to you about that, you know. If he's talked to you about healing, which he has in the word throughout it, Focus on that. Don't focus on the symptoms. Don't focus on the pain or the situation. But focus beyond that and, uh, and know the truth. And the truth is God has delivered you. Amen? We need to trust, we, excuse me, we need to trust God to get us to the other side of every storm, especially the ones raging in us. Those storms can be the most distracting. Don't be distracted by your emotions, needs, or desires to the point that your focus is on them continuously. If we focus on our emotions, our needs, or our desires continuously, that's going to be our little world, and that's going to be our God. And that's all we're going to be able to see. We've got to see beyond that. Amen? We've got to uh, see beyond that, and whatever it is that God, uh, you and God need to talk about to get you beyond that, talk to him about it, you know? And uh, get your focus point beyond the turmoil of how you're feeling and, and how it feels to you. Amen? Remember, God's desire is always to promote you, never to punish you. God is a promoter, not a punisher. Yes, he, he may correct you in love by showing you the right way, but he's not set out to punish you. That's not his character. And we need to understand that so that we can trust him so that we can live this life of faith and walk out all that he has for us. Amen? Um, his faith is for you to succeed and to live the life that he has purposed for you. You were created with purpose. You weren't just thrown down here to go through the motions of life. There's an actual purpose for you. And, it, and it's honestly the purpose that you have, and we did a study on this once, was to do good. Your purpose was to do, is to do good. And, uh, and when you find yourself uh, not doing good, red flag, you're not walking in your purpose. Amen. Red flag. So make sure you listen to the warning signs or see the warning light going off whenever you find yourself not doing good. You know, like if you're, you got out of whack with your emotions or if you're in fear or if you're uh, concentrating more on the negative in your mind than the positive, that's a red light. That's a warning light for you to get some things in order. 
and, uh, and get your heart back to stable condition with the Lord. And that's going to take feeding at the word, feeding at the word. Amen? So, I mean, I think we all uh, can can kind of relate to this in some degree. Even if we've been serving God for 25 years, we still need to make sure uh, that we're moving forward so God can continue to promote us past the things that we're dealing with daily. Because we live in this world and we're going to deal with stuff, you know, daily. It's going to happen. And I'm not speaking negative or gloom, but I'm saying we, we live and we move and we have our being here on this fallen world. So we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to live our life by faith. And it's important for us to, to A, you know, know that whenever temptation comes, that God has made a way of escape. B, make sure that we don't have any condemnation in our hearts, but anything between us and God. If there's any sin, get rid of it. And so you can go to God boldly through grace and, and faith and trusting. Amen. And, uh, And then not allow our emotions to, to distract us from the purpose and the plan that God has for us. And don't get uh, distracted by the cares of the world or the circumstances that you see around you. Even though some things are very difficult that we go through. You know, there's some things that are pretty tough. But just know that God has got you, you know. And sometimes the things that we go through, we've created. <laughs> I've created some major storms in my life. I'm thinking that we might have all done that. You know, and sometimes they're not our creation. They're something else. But uh, we need to make sure that we're speaking the right words over them because, remember, words have creative power, and we need to make sure that we don't uh, speak anything that we shouldn't be speaking. And then we just need to make sure that we just trust him and make sure that there's nothing in between us so that we can trust him. So promoted, not punished, and that's, that's who you are. You're promoted continuously every day. Amen? Um, is there anything that stood out to you before we close so that we can uh, encourage one another? <laughs>